You know, uh, coming up, we started making plans for Thanksgiving. I don't know about you've done that. We've been visiting with parents and figuring all that out. You know, there's some things at Thanksgiving you just don't talk about. Have you, have you figured that out yet? Like there's some things just don't talk about when other people, I mean, there's, there, you know, there's some of the mundane things like uh, whether you should have turkey or ham, uh, which the answer, of course, is barbecue. Uh, that's right. Uh, or, you know, should you put raisins, what do you put raisins in? <laughs> Can you put it in the stuffing? See, there's problems. Yeah, I know. Uh, can you uh, put it in the yams, sweet potatoes? No. Okay. Fruit salad? No. <laughs> See, there are things that, yeah, you just shouldn't really talk about. Uh, it can cause some trouble. But those things are really kind of minor. There's some, some big things that you have learned, like, it's just not going to be good if we talk about them, right? Yeah. And they're usually in two categories. You, you don't want to talk about politics. Amen. Not with your people. Especially with that uncle. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, if James comes to your Thanksgiving. The other thing is religion. Those are the two things that, well, if you want to talk about those things, there's, most family situations, there's going to be some tension. Amen? Am I weird? Yeah, it's not going to go well. And why is that? Well, Although raisins are important, they don't hit at the core of who we are, right? So when we, when we talk about politics, it's because we've signed up for something. We think this one side is so much better than this side over here, whatever side it is. And if someone who's close to you, who happens to make Thanksgiving, I mean, they're your people. If they are on the other side, you wonder, like, do we even know each other? I mean, how, how can it be like we are, we are very different and you're at my Thanksgiving? And so it does hit at the core of who we are. Same thing with religion, with, with what we believe about very, very important things. Because those things speak to a sense of our identity, who we are. And when we have people that are close to us who aren't like us, who disagree, it's not just that they disagree, it's hitting at the core of who we are and who they are. So, just be careful this Thanksgiving as you consider those things. But today as we look in Luke uh, chapter 20, as we've been walking through, we, we welcome those guests in as we're walking through the book of Luke, we're near the end. In Luke chapter 20, Jesus is going to speak to both of those things at one time, and he's going to, in one very short sentence, turn the world on its ear. And so let's, uh, let's jump into the scriptures today in Luke chapter 20. We're going to go from, 20, uh, from verse 19 on to 26. This is where the scriptures are coming from today. In verse 23 it says this, but he perceived their craftiness. I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start maybe from the beginning. Uh, we're going to start in verse 19. And 
Skip on to 21. So they asked him, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach rightly and show no partiality, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar or not? Politics. So Jesus uh, is being confronted by the scribes and chief priests. They are coming and uh, their, their, their mission is to try and trick Jesus. And what better questions than trying to trick Jesus than to talk about religion and politics and not just about them separately, but how they interact. And so they've sent, and the Bible says they sent spies in to ask these questions of Jesus. And they begin with flattery. You, you, you're, so, you're so wise, you're a good teacher, you always tell the truth. And so since you always tell the truth, let us know the answer to this very difficult question. You see, the, the scribes and Pharisees had had felt the, the presence of someone who was very antithetical to what they were teaching. He was the opposite. They had enjoyed the authority uh, over the people. They had been the voices of God for the people. But now Jesus comes on the scene, and this man is saying that he, this fisherman from Galilee, this the, from the carpenter's son. He, he's saying that he is not just the voice of God, he is God. This, this Galilean. And that does not, that doesn't sit well. They don't agree with him. You know, in, in our modern culture, people are willing to say, yeah, Jesus was an okay guy. I mean, anybody can say that. Basically, I mean, he was a good teacher. He, he lived a moral, and he's someone to be followed and appreciated. Just about anybody would say that. But Jesus was saying so much more, and the chief priests were not having it. So they, their goal was to try to get Jesus in trouble with the Roman officials. He was already in trouble with them, but they didn't have the power to do anything about it. You see, because they were subservient to the Romans. The Romans own the place. And because they own the place, and they are the only ones who can really mete out the judgment, they are the only ones that could get the final judgment, they're the only ones that could have capital punishment. And that's what they wanted. They didn't want to just silence Jesus, they wanted to kill Jesus. They wanted to be done with Jesus. They were upset because they had not just lost power, but because they believed that Jesus was being blasphemous by saying that he was the Son of God. And so they send those who are going to send the trap. And this is the trap. Is it lawful to give, for us to give tribute to Caesar or not? <laughs> so what happens? And Jesus gets the coin and he flips it and he says, all right, uh, you should give it to Caesar. Well, that's going to make everyone very upset. Why? Because Caesar has his thumb on them. This tribute that they're paying, tribute's different than taxes. So when taxes, when we pay taxes, there's kind of, it doesn't really happen, but we think, well, those taxes are really helping us, like the roads, uh, police, you know, F-15s or whatever, you know. Although, you know, we're getting protection, it's helping us. That's, that's what a tax is. This kind of tax, this tribute, is not for your benefit. You get no benefit from this. It is only a recognition that there is someone who is greater than you and you are giving them your money. You get nothing in return. 
There's no, there's no you know, correspondence here of your, good wel- your welfare. No, the reason you're giving tribute is because you are the servant of that king. And it's due you. you it's due him. You should give it to him. You have to give it to him. So if he comes out and he says, oh, well, uh, looks like we should pay taxes to Caesar. <laughs> well, everyone's going to be upset. But let's make it even worse. On the coin itself, I think we have a picture of the coin. On the, on the coin itself, on this denarius, uh, is an is a inscription. It's hard to read there. But it would say Tiberius Caesar DV, uh, and it would have an abbreviation for Augustus Philibius Augustus, which means Caesar Augustus Tiberius, son of the divine Augustus. So he's saying this picture, this person here, is the son of the divine, making him divine. So he's saying, now if we choose, if we choose that we should pay the taxes. That means that we recognize that Caesar is worthy of our tribute. It's as if we are worshiping this divinity. And so the people would be in uproar. Is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar or not? This unsympathetic ruler, this is God's land, and now we are subservient to this man who calls him himself a god. What was Jesus' response? Oh, well, he could have flipped the coin the other way and said, no, we shouldn't pay taxes. <laughs> oh, they were hoping he would say that. That would be the great answer, right? And then they would go to the governor and say, you know, he's saying don't pay the tax. That means he, he's saying don't pay tribute. That He's not the king. And, and so they could arrest him. <clears throat> and they could charge him with treason. He was a really good question, wasn't it? And so Jesus responds, but he perceived their craftiness and said to them, this is good, you're gonna like this, show me a denarius. Whose likeness and inscription does it have? And I think very belatedly they say, Caesar's, he said to them, then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Jesus asks for a coin. Remember, he's asking a coin from these guys who say, who deep down don't believe they should be paying a tax. They do not want to be paying a tax. They think it would be, almost, it would be blasphemous to pay the tax. So he says, show me a coin. And so these guys are digging into their pockets. Do you see how this is great? They're digging, show me a coin. Interesting that you have a coin in your pocket, right? So you're paying the tax. Whose likeness, whose inscription does it have? It has the inscription of Caesar. It would be kind of like us. If, if you go into a place of business, this happens in Kenya. Uh, they have a, I mean, a lot of places of business, they have the, the, the picture of the president. Up, up there, Uhuru. And so you go in there and there's a big picture of Uhuru. Now that happens when you are in northern Kenya and when you are uh, in, in eastern Kenya, but that doesn't happen when you're in southwest Kenya because they hate Uhuru there. So if you go, in the, if, you, if you're someone from the southwest and you see a picture of Uhuru, you're like, nah, I don't like him. 
We were to have, in some places, a place of business, someone had a big picture of Trump, you'd walk in there and you'd go, some people would go, nah. or, or if it was Obama before, if it's Nancy Pelosi, you kind of go, nah, these people, what are they thinking, right? Whose likeness? Whose likeness is it? It's Caesar. Well, then render to Caesar what is Caesar's. What are, what is due Caesar? What is due the government? I know, I know maybe you didn't come today for a discussion on civics, but you're going to have one right now. We're going to just briefly talk about civics because it's going to get into some deeper issues in just a moment, so stay with me. Paul says in Romans 13 that, that God's, God has ordained all the things that we see. He, he, is the, he is in control and that he even ordains those who are leaders. And so our response should be respect and lawfulness. Our response should be respect and lawfulness. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's. When it comes to tax, even though we don't agree with how the tax is spent, uh, where it's spent, how much it's spent, we don't agree with our legislators, we don't believe with our, agree with our president or our, our Congress, we are still called to respectfulness and lawfulness. And he says then, render to God what is God's. What belongs to God, everyone? Everything. Everything. The land? Everything. Our affections? Everything. Our allegiance? Everything. In one moment, Jesus flips the coin. And when it lands on the ground, it doesn't land heads or tails, it lands on its side. And they all go, ooh. <laughs> what? Render to Caesar what is Caesar's, render to God what is God's, what belongs to God, all things, all things. Genesis 1 says that we were created in the image of God. We were created in the image of God. What's, what's on the face of your coin? Who's on the face of your coin? We are made in the image of God. That, that should be encouraging to you. God values you and me such that he would place his very image on us. We are his image bearer. We have value because we bear the face of God on ourselves. Amen. That's good news. So when he says, give unto God what is God's, who is God's? We are. We are his. Augustine uh, approached this issue and he talked, he wrote a book called The, the City of God and he, he talked about the two realms. You know, <clears throat> The, the, the Pharisees and the scribes and the chief priests wanted Jesus to choose one realm or the other, but what Jesus is saying is that there is a realm that belongs to Caesar, and that's in, when you live within that realm. And since we live in that realm, we have to obey by those rules. It's, it's about to get good here. Just hold on a second. But that realm is within a larger realm that belongs to God. And so all of those things within the realm of Caesar... All those things, you can obey those things and not lose your identity as one belonging to the larger realm of God. Amen. 
So we can be faithful to God and still do these things that Caesar asks us to do. Now, when those things that Caesar command us to do things that are outside of God's will, we can respectfully say, no, thank you. I'm not going to do it because I belong to a larger realm. I have the image of God on me. But it goes beyond that. There are, there's not just the, 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 the realm of Caesar, but there's also the realm of church. There's a realm of marriage. There's a realm of work. And within all those realms, God has set those up in his authority to have a certain kind of order to them. And so God frees us as his people to live within those realms to his glory. And that by submitting in the area of Caesar. You, he's, what he's, Jesus is saying is you can submit to Caesar and the things that are Caesar's. It's okay. And you're within the divine realm. We can also submit to our bosses because it's in the divine realm. That, that doesn't mean they're not knuckleheads. I'm not saying that. Caesar was the worst, right? But within this, we can still have our own identity in Christ and still... Submit. Within our marriages, husbands, wives, as wives submit to their husbands. Sometimes your husband can be a knucklehead. I, I don't know many of those. But I've, I've heard that. That you can be submissive to your husband and not lose who you are. That you are still free in Christ. That's why in Ephesians 5, all of that submission that's done is done in Christ. Children, you can obey your parents and still be a person and have your own identity in Christ. In, in government, in work, in family, in church, in general, Ephesians 5 says we should submit to each other. That's really hard, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it seems like when you let somebody go before you, and it, the word submits the word yield. It's letting someone go before you. When you do that, it's almost like you feel like I've lost something, but we haven't. We are God's servants, God's people in his realm, and we are full citizens. We don't lose our identity when we submit to earthly authority. Our submission doesn't equate to collusion, doesn't equate to allegiance to the world, but to faithfulness to God. So as this coin is standing on its edge, the chief priest, the scribes, everyone around is amazed, and they fall silent. They don't know what to do. Today, my hope for you is, I believe there's probably some people who came into this room today and you had about this much of Jesus in mind. You only know about this much of Jesus. And I hope today, as you heard his story, as you, you we expounded on that story and we said, oh, just a minute, I want you to get to know Jesus just a little bit more. Amen. For you to realize there's more to Jesus than you probably ever imagined. And that this is his kingdom. Colossians tells us that we are made, we are all his creation for him and by him.
And you will only find peace. You'll only find your true identity when you submit to him. Otherwise, you're just, you're kicking against the goads. Your life is reflecting that. You are confused about life, about your future. There, I think there are believers here today who may have even forgotten that. Like when we are in Christ, when we are fellowshipping with him, when we are seeking his face, as we are getting our identity from him, we are okay. We are whole and full. Don't forget these things. My prayer is that you might have a, a deeper appreciation. And for that person who's coming today who has not followed after Christ, today he's calling you and saying, come, come and follow me. And he is offering you peace with him. You know, they, they, you could choose not to follow Caesar and Paul is saying in um, Romans 13 that when you choose to follow, not to, to disobey Caesar, you're going you're gonna to face the consequences of that. <laughs> Those things are real. You know, as we kick against the goads, we also feel that too. It's not what we're made for. Come to him today. Join the realm of the king. Pledge your allegiance and follow him. He is good. Let's pray.